We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So, Jesse, what do you got for us? Steven, I don't know about you, but I am like in scramble mode trying to figure out all of my last minute Christmas gifts. So, our shop on pageantplanet.com has been so generous. They are continuing the sale of 20% off everything in our store to make sure that you get every single thing you need for the holidays. Got it. So if someone hasn't been in our shop yet, like what are some of the items that we have on there to kind of give them a a baseline? So tons of things that are for your pageant contestant or beyond everything from makeup cases, cosmetics, um, killer pageant shoes for all ages, all systems, adorable t-shirts for stocking stuffers. My personal favorite right now is a cute little tank that says muscles and mascara, like kind of playing off. Like if you're in the gym, you can still be cute or you're still working towards your pageant. So I thought that was adorable, so comfortable. Um, But it's just a range of like general things that will help you succeed in your pageant. Oh, I love that. All right. And then, so I'm assuming that there's a coupon code, but um, so we just know that everything on the shop is 20% off. What's the URL? What's the coupon code? And like, is there shipping, all that stuff? So it is important to note that there is free shipping. And for the, our, US, our US followers, if you order within the next 24, 48 hours or so, you'll get it before Christmas, which is so important to all of us, I know. Um, so free shipping. And the link is shop.pageantplanet.com. The coupon code is right there on the homepage. But just in case you want to be reminded, it's the word savings. Yep. And I will add this to the show notes too. So you can just click the link on there and use the promo code and be on your way. So thank you for that, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing how to create and maintain a positive reputation. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, we are a very small but proud industry. I think you'd agree with that. And news travels fast, reputations stick, and people can be fickle. And legends, good or bad, they stay around forever. So it's important to set yourself up for long-term success with all of your actions. And that's in private and in public. And that includes building relationships with contestants, directors, vendors, judges, etc. Yeah, I've heard it said that your reputation takes a lifetime to build and it can be destroyed in a moment. And I'm not saying that anything as extreme as that happened with Miss USA, um, you know, but everybody loved her going in, right? And she does one live video and all of a sudden she's got thousands of kind of enemies on social media just because of one-off comment. Yep. And I don't think she meant harm by the comment either. It was the sense that she was just choosing to discuss other contestants. And I think that came, she was doing like a live and someone asked a question about someone else. Is that how it came about? Yeah, see, I watched it, um, but it's been now like a, about a week ago. Um, she was, I don't even know if they asked her about it, but what they did, um, she was saying how she loved this contestant, and then um, 
she said, oh, she, she'll speak perfect English. And then you ask her a question and then all of a sudden, and then she mimicked her like smiling and nodding, like she didn't understand what, mm-hmm. um, what, she, what Sarah was saying. And then one of the contestants, uh, I think it was Australia who was in the video with her said, okay, what does she do again? And then like Sarah did the, um, kind of mimicked her impression again, which, mm-hmm. you know, taken out of, I mean, I, I'm not sure what context it, it was, but it seems like they all had a really good relationship. There's been photos of her with Miss Vietnam, who is amazing, by the way. Like, her look, the short hair, just, she's awesome. Um, so, like, I don't feel like there's any hard feelings at all there, especially, like, from Miss Vietnam towards Sarah. But, you know, it's just one of those things. You just got to be so careful what you post on social media because it can turn against you I like in this case and today we're going to talk about like the obvious offenses and also things like Sarah where like it wasn't intentional but here's how you can get out of that jam and I thought you did a great job of coming out and apologizing for it like being forthcoming with what happened so all in all um, this was a perfect topic to discuss in light of the recent goings on at Miss Universe yeah couldn't agree more so we've got five different topics kind of orchestrated in this episode so do you want to go and take us through the first one yeah and i'm going to preface by saying like if you want your spot if you want the spotlight on you while you're on stage be prepared for your actions off stage to also be conversation worthy and that rings true when you're a public figure in any industry but especially in pageants so that is the spirit of today so number one is don't try too hard and this could affect your reputation with other contestants and that's a critical reputation to have yeah, I mean, contesting gifts, it can one, it can be expensive, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, but do you have a really a story or an example that brings us home for them? Yeah, so first of all, some pageants require you bring contestant gifts for everyone. Some do not. I think the first thing you need to do if you're hearing this, I'm like, oh my gosh, contestant gifts, what the heck do I do? So ask your pageant director, first and foremost, get clarity on whether it's expected of you. I often feel like if someone brings a gift to orientation, it's it can be misconstrued by other contestants. It can be like, oh, is this a power move? Are they trying to push an agenda? A lot of contestants will give something with like their face on it. My personal favorite story of one of my favorite people in the pageant industry in the world, I won't say her name, but I had the worst first impression of her. And this is why, Steven, you're gonna die. She gave out M&Ms at pageant orientation and not just any M&Ms, but they were screen printed with her face on the M&M. Stop it. Was yeah. it was it like her headshot or was it? It was j- her headshot. It was her headshot. <laughs> was she it in was, a crown or no? No, it was her like program book headshot. But I had like one had like that her picture on it. Some had her name. And again, it was a really sweet gesture. And I'm sure she meant nothing by it. But imagine someone giving you candy with their face on it. It was just like, I mean, okay. What, like it was just so strange. I mean, what did she say? And I don't, um, my sister's name's Jessica, so I'll use Jessica. Was she like, hi, my name's Jessica. Here's my M&M's. I mean, how did she I, give it to you? Do you remember? You know, it was a million years ago, so I don't know. But um, I feel like she just like kind of went around and like just handed them out. In orient- because in orientation, we sat in like long tables. I think she just kind of like went around and gave them out. Yeah. And I mean, think about the time. I mean, that's not an expensive gift. Like when I was thinking, like, don't try too hard in contesting gifts. So that's not an expensive gift, but the time is is there, right? Because you have to first think about it, buy the M&Ms. 
package them. Package them. them out. Yep. Put the sticker, her face on, you know, 50 some things and then twist them up and then put them in there and to put all that effort and then you give it and then it has the reaction that you got. Boy, that's uh, that's not much of a return on the investment. Yeah, it just kind of came across like disingenuous. And she's a very genuine person, very warm person. So I would just say, like, if you want to do a contestant gift, my flip side is give it before finals. Like the very last day you're there, give it the morning of because everyone is so high stress. You've likely been able to have conversations with people so they know your heart, where you're coming from. And then it's more like a, hey, like this will boost your spirit on this really stressful day versus here's this first impression of me. I want you to remember me. And this is why. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work with fellow contestants to do it that way. And then I'll say the other thing, if you're dead set on giving a contestant gift or you have to give a contestant gift on day one, the one gift I did love getting, it was like this adorable, it was from Miss Idaho. And she clearly was sponsored by her state. She was given like a bunch of little Idaho potato stuffed animals. They were super cute. And she handed those out. And that was, it wasn't like a push of, this is about her. It was, this is about her state. Remember her state. Remember me by my state. So if you can do something more related to your location, your area, it will serve you better than being more self-serving. I really like the strategy. And I mean, I really like the strategy of handing out the gifts, not on the first day, but towards the end of Mm -hmm. pageant week. I, I like that. And I know that there's a bunch of directors that listen to us. So you know, have, I would say, just make it part of your standard operating procedure. Like, put it in your paperwork that if you do bring contestant gifts, that's great, um, but bring them on the last day. But, like, I really wouldn't encourage it, though. I mean, because it doesn't do anything. I mean, I understand the gesture, and it's really sweet. I I just don't, I mean, ultimately, you're there to win the crown. I, I would just say, like, don't do the contestant gifts unless your pageant is, like, you should bring contestant gifts. I think it's cooler when it gets to an international pageant because then like usually people are bringing something special to their country and that's really cool. And then you have pieces of every contestant from all over the world. I think that's a really nice, nice and unique aspect of a potential pageant, but for like state pageants or local pageants, I don't really think it's something that we need to go nuts on. Yeah. Like when I was in, um, Australia for a pageant, I was in, uh, Gosh, Australia, and then I went to Scotland. So my favorite was for those they would bring me food <laughs> from <laughs> from their you know from their like region, whatever. Like uh, in Australia, it was like hey, it was chocolate. Um, and I don't remember what they brought me in Scotland, but then in similar like when I was in Wisconsin, there was a girl that realized or that I never had cheese curds, and she's like, oh, oh my gosh. You've got to have cheese curds. So she left the pageant, went and got me cheese curds, brought it back, and was like watching me eat cheese curds. And they were actually like they were pretty good. Cheese yeah. curds are dang delicious. Yeah. So oh my god. So um, anyways, so that was fun because it was a it was an experience of like, hey, this is something that is very unique to um, our country, as you said, or our state. So um, I did like that, but yeah, don't go over the top on contesting gifts. There's like focus more on your walk and your posing and your your interview. Um, yeah, especially we talk about like kind of telling this message to pageant directors. 
especially for pageants that are heavy and contestants that are probably not spending their own money on these gifts. Their parents probably are because you're going to have some parents that are able to splurge on some elaborate contestant gifts. And then you're going to have parents that aren't able to, and you don't ever want a contestant or a family to feel less than as a result. So again, either the last day or maybe put a limit on amount per gift. Those are just some ways that can kind of keep the playing field even and everyone will have a good experience. Yeah. And the final thing before we move on to the next point is that just because, I mean, this is both for contestants. So if the girl last year brought really good gifts and she ended up winning the title, the two are not connected. Oh, sure. And from a director's standpoint, if the girl who brought really good gifts last year won your title, you better believe it. Put your money on it. That contestants will show up to your pageant with more and more elaborate gifts for mm-hmm. all the contestants. So yep. go ahead and put a rule in place that it's like no gifts or whatever, because you don't want to be like, because girls talk to each other and like, Oh, well the entry fee isn't that bad, but geez, the gifts are really where it costs you. I mean, it's yeah. so expensive on all these gifts. You don't want them to bring gifts. They're putting that on themselves and projecting it onto you. Like you're making them. So just a word, word of advice there. Mm-hmm. Good okay. call. All right. So no, point number one was do not try too hard. What's uh, point number two? Point number two is keep your cool. And this affects your reputation with everyone. And Stephen, I think a few weeks ago, we talked about a contestant throwing a shoe. This week, we're taking it to the next level because <laughs> I heard a story about a contestant. Wait for it. Okay. Throwing a pizza. <laughs> okay. All right, you, you're going to have to break this down. So was this like immediately after she walked off stage? She just I grabbed know. a random pizza backstage? There's parts of was story, it hot? The story was it cold? that I am, I am totally not aware of, but she threw it towards people. <laughs> was so, it Frisbee action or was it like hurled like in a box? Oh. In my mind, I imagine it was like... Um, like she palmed it and threw it towards them. But I don't know if that's true. But regardless, like, first of all, besides the fact of like who wastes pizza is besides me, but like that's part of it. But anyway, like this contestant simply didn't like the results of the pageant. That's why she threw the pizza. And I'm sure like to get to that point, there's probably other triggers that have happened. Maybe she thought things were unfair. Maybe it was disorganized. Maybe she felt taken advantage of. All of these are very, very, very common emotions after a pageant when it hasn't gone your way. And they're actually very natural. And in the heat of the moment, like that happens. But like lashing out, like throwing a shoe or a pizza will absolutely hurt you in the long run. Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely go down in history um, yes. for that. And I, I, I mean, there's a lot of stories like this, though. And mm-hmm. I mean, so much they kind of come up and then. Then they fade away. I remember it was in, um, gosh, I think it was Earth United States. Was it Earth United States where the girl, she didn't make the top 10. And she came back out and she was like, went on this like rant about the government and all that. I like, remember else. that story. Oh, she like just grabbed the mic and um, just went to town. I'll have to check. Oh, the, I mean, it was like. Instead of waiting for her spotlight, because, I mean, the thing would have been um, 
it would have been a lot better because what it was, she was going to make the top 10. She didn't wait till the top 10. She just took the stage and was like, started preaching about like democracy or how this is turning into a socialistic country and like female empowerment. It was like a bunch of different things. And anyways, they had to escort off stage, but it was just one of those random, I don't know, vent sessions. I don't even know what it was about, but you have that. And then you had the one contestant that, push the other contestant off the stage right that like mm-hmm. it was in the um it was a transgender pageant um or a gay pageant that that happened and then you had the girl that tried to rip the crown <laughs> or did rip the oh crown my. off the girl's I think that head was, that's legendary yeah and then that threw one. it <laughs> like miscongeniality <laughs> congeniality oh that scene of miscongeniality that gets me every time <laughs> It's like, it is classic. It's so classic. Oh, okay. So anyway, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of emotions. Yes. You spend so, a lot of money. You spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You just got to you gotta ring it in, reel it in. So here's the cause and effect. That's why this is so important. I can guarantee you that this contestant, pizza thrower, ranter, whoever it may be, will never be allowed to compete in that patent system again. Would you agree? Yeah, completely. And if any of those contestants ever become a director – my guess is she will never be able to compete in any of their pageants either. Would you agree? A hundred percent. If she approaches any of the vendors that worked with those contestants, she threw a pizza at, I doubt they will accept her inquiry. <laughs> so yes. it's just, it's one of those, like the relationships on every level with situation like this are strained, whether you've met someone directly or not. If this word travels, which it will, I can promise you that like, it's going to be a problem for you and it will spread faster than you can wash your butt glue off. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And like, I mean, seriously, but your family and friends are affected too. They're like, Oh, you're here supporting, you know, Renata who just threw a pizza at the judge. Oh, that's, Oh, okay. That's great. Now they won't obviously say that, but in the internal dialogue will be going on strong and with social media again, like it, once you do something like this, it's out there mm-hmm. and it's out there for generations to come. Your future employers could see it. I mean, heaven forbid if somebody catches that video of you doing that. And I've seen behind the scenes where a girl was actually winning a pageant. They did research on her on social media, found some stuff they did not like. And all of a sudden she got first runner up. Ooh, Yeah. So not saying it's right. I'm just saying it happened. And I was in the judges meeting when they were talking about it. I was the MC and I was just like, mm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, you have to be, you have to watch your, uh, you have to watch your online reputation and offline. Right. Yes. So keep your cool. Um, what is like, okay. If you find yourself fuming over, you know, and you just cannot keep it in, do you have a strategy for them to just re- reel it in? Yeah, we're going to, in the moment, we're going to transform ourselves back to kindergarten. I know it sounds silly, but you just have to count to 10. If you're having this much anger and like the counting to 10 isn't working and you you see that pizza and you think it's got to go airborne, bring yourself quietly up to your room and you can vent. And I will say when you're in a pageant hotel, even when you're venting, do so in a way that's quiet because we all know the story about um, the Nina Davalori saga when she was in her hotel room after Miss New York and 
she, her, her um, team was talking about um, derogatory about some other Miss Americas and it got and other contestants. It got recorded and it got released. So even in the privacy of your hotel room, you are not in the privacy of your hotel room. So go ahead and vent quietly. And then you have to collect yourself, return to the festivities and roll like right into point number three. <laughs> All right. What is point number three? Point number three is play fair. And this is another point that affects your reputation with everyone. And like, I think the biggest time we see this is when contestants or their families are accusing or assuming a pageant was unfair. Yeah. And we have people reach out to us because mm-hmm. we're Switzerland. Like we want the industry to succeed. We're not you know, connected to any one system, any one contestant succeed. Like we want everyone to experience success. Like that's why we're here. Yeah. And you know, some of the things are valid. Like, you know, just this past week, there was a contestant that reached out um, because of um, a title holder who was recently crowned. It was like, she broke the rules and you looked on the site. Yeah. She absolutely broke the rules um, based on the rules on the, on the website. So Mm -hmm. she reached out and she was like, I I don't know what to do. Like, you know, she messaged me personally on Facebook. And um, and so we looked into it and the national pageant had changed the rule, but the state pageant hadn't updated their website. Mm. So even though she broke it based on what's on the state website, she was like still playing by the rules like based mm-hmm. on the national so that girl really had a legitimate concern there um and she was reaching out to us for advice of like what to do because she felt like the situation was unfair totally right. valid right mm-hmm. so um it's it's things like that where you want to be careful before you just go crazy at someone which you know she did it right but tell us talk to us about the cause and effect of like playing yeah. fair so and i think that was a perfect example of what to how to do it right but we have on the flip side plenty of people in the industry or plenty of newbies to the industry that will take their concerns straight to social media and they will totally unleash the fury on the system the contestant potentially whoever that might be and immediately you will get labeled whether it's you saying it your family saying it whoever saying it in relation to you like you'll become known as a sore sport someone who's self-centered you also appear to like welcome drama into your life because you don't post something like tea sipping worthy on social media if you're not expecting reactions from other people so like you have to be ready for that like barrage of commentary so like if you're posting when you feel as though you've been wronged again it's never going to be a good thing for you in the long run yeah like look at the people that you really admire the most and that are public figures right like Mm -hmm celebrities or you know even like jesse and i'm not saying that you admire us not saying that you look up to us but like when you look at our social medias we're not using it to vent about the frustrations of life and lord knows that we have them Mm -hmm. um we did that before the podcast (laughs) yeah we have our vent session it's like okay time to record um (laughs) so if we do vent about something, it's more in a playful manner, right? Or it's yeah. about something that's kind of inconsequential. We, we rarely ever bring out names um, unless they're like close friends. Like I talk trash about my brother-in-law. He talks trash about me. Totally social acceptable because it's family. <clears throat> but like with – look at those people 
and just be aware of it. I'm not saying that you have to do an in-depth search or research on it, but just realize what they are posting. And then look at some of your other friends that maybe air out their dirty laundry and everybody talks about them. And it really is not in a favorable thing. Like if somebody's complaining about their relationship, people are like, why is this on social media? Why? Um, because people like air that stuff out. Um, you know, so play the part that you want to be and, and start to um, imitate, if you will, like the people that you look up to. And then soon you'll find yourself as being that kind of person in life. Mm-hmm. And I will say like, okay, if you're feeling wronged, write up a very objective letter about what you think was wrong with the pageant. So maybe you thought it was unfair. Um, Maybe you thought certain people got preferences, call out specifics and examples that back up this claim, give weight to your argument. Then I would suggest, and this is where it gets hard because like you have all this bravery and you're writing it all down. I would say as a courtesy, send it to the pageant office before you post it anywhere give them 24 hours before you post it anywhere else like let them see it let them respond and if they don't respond that's fine but just give it 24 hours say i am going to be posting this um and i would suggest doing it on our site because it's the most objective in the game and it's legitimate and you can share it from there versus your own social media post so i would give them 24 hour warning and then as calmly and rationally as you can explain to them how frustrated you are with the experience They'll be posting the attached notes. And like once you post it, and this is again why it's important to do it on our page versus your page, is you remain in neutral ground. So you post it, your name is there. So you're still owning it like a big girl or big big boy. And then from there, say, tell people that agree with you that you have on your team. Say, I would really appreciate it if you shared this out. Here's the link. And again, then again, your name is attached to it, but you're not spreading. It doesn't feel gossipy or ranty. It feels like, okay, I wrote this review on this trusted resource or pageant, and this is where it lives. Yeah, and I feel like even though the the review section of our portal, it's like it's picking up. I mean, the last I looked, we had like a hundred new reviews within twenty four hours. You know, so like it is, it's getting around about like people using the review system. But the reason why it's there is so that you can review the different pageants or professionals that you've worked with. And to do what Jesse is saying and put it on there, it's going to live forever. Um, and it also goes into the pageants overall like rating. So this is kind of how it works. You know, everybody listening, I mean, the pageant director who is overseeing the pageant right now might not be in 10 years. So every year, there's a whole new funnel of reviews that pop up. So 2019 pageant, there will be a new review section. 2020 will be a new review section. That's a tied with that pageant. As you leave a review over the course of years, it brings in all the pageants through history and averages them all out. Because, you know, let's say that a pageant director will have like straight one star reviews for the free previous like three years and then a new director takes over and then this person has straight five-star reviews. So people will be able to see and identify that change um, and be like, oh, okay, this is a new directorship. So previously it was only one star, but now it's like five stars. So now it's good to, um, good to compete in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you had a bad experience at the pageant, you wished somebody would have like 
left a review on that pageant so that you didn't waste your time, your energy, or your finances. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't review that pageant that you competed in, then somebody somebody else is going to make the same mistake. Because like, Again, our goal, we don't care who succeeds. We want everyone to succeed as much as possible. There's plenty of room for even more pageants out there. We do, however, really want to feature and drive girls to um, the pageants that are most reputable and they're going to teach the contestants the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say, too, a lot of people come to us with these things because they don't want to be tied to the complaint. And my response to that is you should not be afraid to speak your mind. But what you should be aware of is re- being able to write a dissent of a pageant in a respectful and an objective way using facts and stats. And if you do that, you should have nothing to be afraid of. People are always like, oh, I'm going to be blackballed from the industry. Again, no, if you're able to communicate your thoughts and opinions in a professional way, which that's what pageantry is teaching you to do, both inside and outside the industry, you should be fine. And again, represent yourself with that like really high level of um, intelligence and objectivity, and you'll be okay. So don't rely on us to fight that battle for you. You have every weapon within your arsenal to do it yourself and stand proudly behind it. Yeah, and that's the weird thing about pageants. It's like different than any other industry, right? As a contestant, you are the paying client. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a bad experience when you, you know, at a restaurant, you would go on to Yelp and be like, I had a bad experience, right? You wouldn't think twice about it. But with pageants, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're not going to be blackballed from the industry. There's so many pageants out there. You're not. Um, if you had a bad experience, you had a bad experience and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's how the directors learn, you know, like. If you want a pageant and then for whatever reason you didn't get your prize money, yeah, leave a review. Say, this was in my contract. I did not get my prize money. That's a really big one that girls would want to know. So the, the more that you can review the, pageant that you, the pageants that you've competed in in the past, the better. Yep. Agree. Agree, agree, agree a million times. Cool. All right. So that's three. Um, and to recap, uh, it's point number one, don't try too hard. Uh, we use contestant gifts. Point number two, keep your cool. Point three, play fair. What's point number four? Point number four is be honest. And again, just like many of the other points we've talked about today, this affects your re- reputation with everyone. Um, but for the sake of conversation for today, just spenders. And we did, of course, pull our Instagram audience. And I pulled two um, that I thought were really valuable, one of which was from pick underscore pageant prep. And they say, be honest, it sometimes may sting or not be easy to hear, but you won't get anywhere meaningful in the pageant world for very long based on lies. For me, I have to invest time in my clients, getting to truly know them and thus only having their best interests at heart when working with them. And I'm going to give a quick story. And this contestant, her dream was to work with this specific designer. So she went to them, they sketched up this amazing gown and... Then they get, she got the price and she couldn't afford it. So she's like, you know what? I'm sorry. I have to press pause on this. I just, I can't do this at this time. So she walks away from this designer. And then like four months later when the pageant is, she walks on stage with the gown that was sketched by the terrible designer that she took to someone else to get made oh. in order to fit her budget. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So he... He did the original sketch for her. She's like, okay, not able to afford it. Mm-hmm. That's what she told the designer. And then she took that sketch and went to 
you know, somebody else down the street and was like, Hey, can you make this for like a third of the cost? Yeah. And and that person was probably like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm Ah, that's bad. Okay. What's the, like, what's the ramifications of that? Because I mean, she worked with a designer, right? So no big deal, right? He's not judging at her pageant. She Mm -hmm. got it for a third off, but what's the, what's the ramifications for her doing something like that? So there are no legal ramifications just because fashion is not able to be copyrighted because it moves so quickly. Um, but it's not a message you want to send to people you work with. It decreases your integrity with reputable vendors and like they may not want to work with you in the future across a variety of services because again, our industry is small. Dress designers have like really kind of made themselves and like built themselves up in the industry outside of like the standard manufacturers. And you better believe they have rep- they have relationships with hair artists, makeup artists, coaches, etc. And they are going to tell all of their contacts about what happened. And it's just it's not going to work well. And the other thing I've heard is like contestants will attack vendors for their pricing. Pageantry is expensive for the most part. Like you can do it affordably. But I'll be honest, I mean, there are several people that compete with boatloads of money that can do whatever they want. So um, if if a vendor is able to get what they're asking from someone, clearly there is value in the services they're offering. So I would just say, like, don't attack someone when you find out what their pricing is, because just because you're not able to afford it doesn't mean they're not worth it. And it stinks to know you can't use the vendors you want to use, but that's reality. Like, I can't go buy every purse in Chanel, even though I would like to, but I'm not going to yell at Chanel for their pricing. I'm just going to buy what I can afford. <laughs> right. that's, that's a great example. Yep. I like that. Um, all right. So what's the alternative? Like what could have, you know, using this particular contestant, um, as an example, what could she have done instead of, you know, just going around their back? Yeah. So if, um, in with the, the follower submission, um, PIC pageant prep, um, they should just be honest. So you have to just be transparency from the get go with all of your vendors before they even start working with you say, okay, here is my budget. Are you able to work within this budget? And if they say yes, great. And they might be offer able to offer even solutions. Like if you want a fully beaded gown, they can say, okay, well, we can't use Swarovski because it's not in your budget, but we could use this stone, which will still pick up the light. So as long as you're upfront from the get go with what you can afford, you're better off. And the same with your makeup artist, like people might be willing to make concessions because they may want to work with you also. But the last thing you want is to put on this facade of unlimited budget when you wake up the next day and you feel like the ultimate guilt of like, you know, I really can't spend that on hair and makeup or a gown, etc. The other situation I want to touch on really briefly, Stephen, is if you decide if you have a long standing relationship with a coach, a makeup artist, a designer, and you choose to work with someone else, your best bet in keeping integrity and your reputation at hand is going to them before it happens so that they hear it from you versus someone else. Like, and I'll give a perfect example. I worked with a contestant. She was my very first coaching contestant ever. She, we had great success together. And then she won an award at a pageant later on and several years later, and someone else posted congratulations to my client, so-and-so. And I was really taken aback. And fortunately, we have, again, we have a long-standing relationship. And I took a screenshot and I sent it to them and I said, I know you're in the middle of pageant week. I'd really appreciate some clarity on this when you have a second. And she was able to explain herself and it was fine. We all moved on. But imagine like, and I'm a pretty tough girl and my feelings were definitely hurt. And I know that vendors across the industry, just like PIC pageant prep, they put their heart into their clients. So again, if you blindsided like that is, is very hurtful and detrimental to your relationship. So be upfront 
and just get it all out there from the very beginning. Yeah, and staying in integrity, it's it's tough, mm-hmm. right? And you have to make some some hard decisions when you are being honest with someone. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that helps me as a leader, because we've even you and I, we've had to have tough conversations. Um, you are ultimately you're going to pay the price either in the beginning or in the end. Like so, if you choose to pay the price up front and do the hard thing, you're always going to end up better. Because mm-hmm. like in the case of a pageant coach, if you're working with somebody that's become like family to you, right? And you're paying them, let's just say a hundred dollars an hour, but you've realized that you, they've pretty much taken you as far as they're going to take you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, these sessions are more like just getting together and like a catching up on your day kind of session, not like a coaching yep. session. Yep. And you realize I need to make a shift if I want to win the crown of my dreams. Now, you have two options. One, you can just be completely honest and transparent with that person that you've known for years of like, you know what? I think you've taken me as far as you can, which I mean, so uncomfortable to have that kind of conversation. It's so uncomfortable. Um, Or you can go and not tell the coach who's like a friend to you. Um, You go and you hire another coach and hope that this person doesn't find out, which you know that they're going to, and you start working with somebody else. Now, if you do that, it's slightly easier up front because you're not having to have that in-your-face conversation. The challenging part, though, is on the back end, every time you see that pageant coach in like at your pageant or at an event, on appearance, or around your city, it's going to forever be uncomfortable. So versus just that one uncomfortable conversation. And if you ever want to heal that relationship, you're going to have to have that uncomfortable conversation anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you might as well just save yourself the pain and have it right up front and just kind of bite the bullet and, and just do it. And I have found that that's been the best case for me. And I don't, I don't like confrontation at all. It's almost like my mind starts to like, it's hard for me to think logically all that. It's just, I, I don't do well under that kind of pressure. I, my body like shuts down and my mind just goes blank. <laughs> so I'm like, yep, not sure what to say here, but I push through it because ultimately you got to, if you want to maintain your integrity and towards the, the other piece that you said about the contestant, just being upfront with your budget. Mm-hmm. Yep. One, be upfront with your budget right away so just want to reiterate that like you meet with someone especially designer or a coach whatever take some time to say this is what i can afford per month or this is what i can afford for the dress whatever they will then guide you if that's realistic based on your goals i did Mm -hmm. not i did not do this when i met with our newest tech team um i didn't take the time and be like hey this is my budget the reason why i didn't do that is it just seemed overwhelming to me to look at the numbers and all that. So I made an excuse of like why I didn't want to do it. So they came back with me at the number and I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> not able to afford that. And then they're like, we're confused. You said you want all this stuff. I'm like, I do and I'm not able to afford that. Um, so they're like, okay, what can you afford? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like frustrated, right? Because they spent all this time, right? Like, building us this proposal. Whereas if I just would have taken um, the steps initially, 
and looked at my budget and said, okay, this is what like we can do as sustain as a company. Um, then they would have got started faster. It would have been less friction off the bat and whatever. Everything turned out fine, right? Because ultimately they want to make the sale. But in, uh, with experts in our industry, it's not always that, uh, that, that forgiving. So points, uh, words of advice there. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Okay. So that last was, a, or the fourth one was be honest. What mm-hmm. is the, the final point? The final point um, is consider more than just you. And I'm going to bring our favorite podcast contributor, Amanda Van Sickle, into the mix here. Love Amanda Van Sickle. Yes, absolutely. She always has something valuable to add. And she said this time around, as a title holder or potential contestant, make a point to get to know your director and find out who they are as a person. Be sure to let them know what your goals are for the pageant and life. Ask for their advice on how to get those goals or to be more effective title holder contestant in their system. Most directors want to see their contestants grow as leaders and succeed. However, one must make an investment in getting to know and respect the system and director as well. Okay. So you have a story or example that complements this? Yeah, I do. Um, I think you, I think a lot of listeners and you, Stephen, know I'm extremely close with my directors of the international pageant system, but it wasn't always like that. Like I sat in my Miss International Directors meeting the day after I won and I talked all about me, my goals, my plans, me, me, me. I listened to the requirements that like I needed to fulfill to get like my prize package, um, the expectations, et cetera. But not once in that meeting did I ask what they wanted or needed as an organization. And I, I went ahead, I did my thing for the few, few months of my reign and I couldn't figure out why I did feel a disconnect because Steven, you know, I'm so interpersonal driven. Like I love relationships and I just, I didn't feel that warmth initially and it clicked for me. Finally, I was like, you know, I've been completely short-sighted in my like key initial weeks. And I started listening and learning about what was important to my directors instead. I would, um, I was able to course correct from there. I would email them before I would do an appearance and say, hey, here's the outfit I'm thinking of wearing. What do you think? It was things as simple as that. Or, hey, I'm planning a trip to this place. Do you think, like, what do you, what do you think from a social media standpoint you'd want to capture to share with our viewers? And as soon as I showed them that I was interested in their goals as well, it like strengthened our relationship tenfold. And again, like they're family to me now, but it was because I stopped being so short-sighted thinking about me and started thinking about us as a collective instead. Yeah. It, it really is rare in this day and age to find someone or to communicate with someone who's genuinely interested in you, like what mm-hmm. you want. And those people stick out like a sore thumb in the best kind of way. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that was refreshing. Here's someone that actually asked me questions about me and what a novel idea listened to like my answers and mm-hmm. asked follow-up questions. Um, so with that though, like based on your experience or whatnot, what's the cause and effect of this? Like um, both what Amanda said and your story and example. Well, one of the causes is we know that judges are directed by the pageant to pick a certain type of contestant based upon what they're looking for for that year. Does that always happen? Not always, but a lot of the time that's their directive and they follow it. I find that more often than not, this directive is never discussed with the winner after the fact. So they win, the contestant assumes that they had what the the pageant was looking for, and then it ends there. The director tells the judges, but then she never communicates that to the winner. Like, hey, I I need fresh and edgy and interactive. 
that those words, like I feel like are never spoken. It's just kind of understood that they should know. So I think there can be more of a conversation from the get-go of what are you looking for this year and how can I fulfill that with my existing strengths? Hmm. So I think that's a big one. Yeah, because I do think that directors, I mean, you hit it nail on the head. They they guide the judges of what to select, but then they don't really reiterate to the title holder, here's why you were selected, here's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like quantifiably, you know, because it's easier to say, Again, like vague generalities. Oh, we want somebody that's responsible and timely, but then that's not followed up with specifics. So just like in the tech team example that I used. Um, and then maybe at the end of the, the girl's reign, the director feels like slightly jaded because they mm-hmm. didn't get what they wanted when right. in fact they didn't give clear enough instructions. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and one thing you can do about that is like, like Amanda alluded to and I mentioned as well is like, over communicate to them say hey like hey i'm if i go to a charity walk normally i would wear leggings and sneakers but i want to represent our pageant well what would you what kind of outfit would you suggest or send pinterest pictures of which of these do you think are most appropriate for our system for this type of event so it sounds like it sounds a little bit crazy to search for that level of opinion but you don't have to do that forever like you will understand pretty quickly the what they want out of you and you can just make feel empowered to make decisions from there. So it's just like allowing them to see, okay, they, they're interested in my opinion, they're learning from it and they're adapting and it's going to be a great year. Like you just have to set the tone. Yeah. And as a title holder, if you can ask these kinds of questions up front, if the director isn't volunteering them and have these specific questions, you're preparing for the crown and one, just like Jesse in your case with the Miss International system, you strengthen that bond, you strengthen that relationship for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, cause I know Mary has helped you. Like she's been a sounding board for you. She's helped you in other mm-hmm. areas of your life. And that relationship is what it is today because of what you did while you were a title holder. So the better you can fine tune your skill about asking clarification, clarifying questions and getting into the head of the person who's technically your quote boss for the next year, mm-hmm. the better it is going to be for you, um, not only in this system, but in like the years to come. And in life, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, think about like you get a job, you assume that you know why you were hired because you have a job description and you went and you did your thing and they picked you it, you should never stop asking those questions to the people you report to or the people that run your company. And that's that's in any industry. That's beyond pageantry. It's a good life skill. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so anything else you want to say about this particular topic before we wrap it up? Yeah, so I'll just say take 10 minutes before your director's meeting or your pageant even happens and write down five to 10 high level and specific, so a combination of both questions that you would like to discuss to help give you a better understanding of the intangible expectations of the year. It will make you look objective, professional. The system will immediately know you have their best interest in heart in addition to your own. So take that time, just like a job interview, five to 10 questions that you can bring to the table. Got it. Okay. So if you had to wrap up, cause there's a lot of points here of like how to mm-hmm. maintain your, your reputation. If you had to wrap it all up into one solid point, uh, what would that be? So I would say in summary that transparency Transparency and communication is the key to success across the board with all the examples from communicating with your vendors, communicating with your directors, with other contestants, etc. Putting others first also will help you make decisions to appear 
and think in a way that serves others versus yourself first. And judges and staff will pick up on this immediately. If that's the way you live your life, it will just like pour out of you. And win or lose, your reputation will be positive and your relationships will be maintained if you act this way. Thanks, Jesse. And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.